the NFL stands for not for long. Except Sharga and Armstead. Roll out. Walker still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting corner of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Colin Thompson Show. A new and improved edition of the Colin Thompson Show for those that are watching on YouTube or chiming in via social media. A little bit of a camera, a little bit of backdrop. We will constantly improve everything we got going on here at Not For Long Media, including my situation. There'll be a new laptop coming. I'm running like an old man uh, with this ancient laptop, but hey, it's worked. It gets the job done. I'm Colin Thompson. That's Jack Connell. Everything we do here is presented by Not For Long Media. Lots going on in the NFL world today. Before I do, i got to talk about the original Fudge Kitchen, fudgekitchens.com. You know the drill. It's Thanksgiving week. Order some fudge right to your in-law's house right now. Soften the blow of you going to your in-laws and you being upset about it because you got to drive home after. Be careful out there drinking and driving, everybody. Please do not do that. And Uber this holiday season. And what other better way to take care of your family than fudge? Saltwater taffy, chocolate-covered strawberries, chocolate-covered pretzels, which are my favorite. The homemade Reese's Cups are insane. Peanut butter cups, to have you. Fudgekitchens.com. Check them out. Rocking and rolling today. A day full of radio and podcasting for me, Jack. Five or six shows, a serious show tonight. It's been an absolute blessing, and I'm very thankful for all my friends and family, this media company, the opportunities I've had playing media podcasting in this Thanksgiving season, Jack. What are you thankful for, my friend? Yeah, I mean, the usual family, friends, football, my dogs, not for long media. You know, your helmets and your backdrop? Yeah, all of my nice helmets and mugs and knickknacks, paddywax. What else? Um, your dog, okay, mowing, mowing the lawn, maybe a new lawnmower. Is that what you guys were for Christmas this year? No, we have a brand new lawnmower. Our lawnmower mm-hmm. is sensational. It's just the bagging attachment. Got a nice 2022 Craftsman. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Okay. Hey, listen. Must be nice. Not everyone can afford 2022 Craftsman. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, it is Thanksgiving week. We have Mike Gill joining the end of the show, my weekly you know, uh, session with Mike, if you will, talking all things Eagles. So if you want to hang on for, for Mike, you're welcome to and listen to Eagles. But if you're not a Birds fan, we're still going to talk on a few different NFL topics today. First and foremost, we're going to be handing out a new award here at the Colin Thompson Show. We're giving out the Journeyman Award, Baker Mayfield 2022 season, Josh Dobbs 2023 season. We're giving the Media Toilet. What should we call this, Jack? The Media Toilet Bowl Award or something where the media buries a team and then they come back and win the next week and their season's actually not over, even though the media says it's completely over. I'm trying to like... Think of some like Undertaker, Dead Man Alive type thing, but it's not. How about the Shovel Award brought to you by Craftsman? <laughs> it's crazy to make shovels. We have a new award here on the Colin Thompson Show, and that would be the Shovel Award because we're figuring out what media conglomerate or what group of media members are burying the next great team in the NFL. A few weeks ago, the Niners buried, season's over, they're done. Blew out Jacksonville, beat Tampa by two touchdowns at home. The Bills, Ken Dorsey, Joe Brady, oh, it's over. What are we going to do? 
smoked the Jets last week. They'll be fine. Niners will be fine. Who's the team this week, Jack? I'm going to say it's your Kansas City Chiefs. Some drops, some mishaps coming after the bye week. Andy Reid usually has a great, great product team off the bye week. They lost in a tight game to the Eagles, a really good football team. They'll be getting buried this week. I've already seen them getting buried this week all across the media platform. The Chiefs are done. It's over. Are they the team that the rest of the league has to go through now? Is Mahomes the same player? The wideouts, the drops, all they'll be fine. They'll be absolutely fine, just like those other two teams I just brought up in the Bills and the Niners. Listen, the upper echelon, the cream rises to the top in this league. There's going to be parity, but the teams that win from after Thanksgiving on are the teams that are for real. Like teams that sputter into the playoffs, even though they're already like locked up, you get nervous about them. The teams that are trending in the right direction, whether they're just getting in on the last day of the playoffs or they've been in for weeks, if they're on fire going into the playoffs, they're the teams to fear. And this year more than ever, because of the parity, I think there'll be a lot of those teams looking to upset round one, round two of the playoffs. So the Shovel Award this week on the Colin Thompson Show goes to no one other than the Super Bowl champs, Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Jack, anybody you nominate for that award that the, the media is bearing? How about a player, Jack? What player? player. Jay, try, oh, go continue. Now I have another one. I have another one now that you say it. Go. I'm trying to think through of players and people that had poor performances. I'm like looking through the stat line. I mean, not really Josh Dobbs. I mean, he had a couple of fumbles. I don't know if he really got buried that heavily. I am just looking through. I mean, nobody really that like nobody nobody was really bashing Justin Herbert as much as it was the Chargers. I mean, it's I don't know if there's really been as outside of like I mean, nobody really no specific player got singled out from the Chiefs unless you really want to talk about Travis Kelsey. But even then, I just I I don't it, there's all the talk about the drops, but I mean, wasn't it also just like downpouring rain? Like you could kind of have an outlier. I mean, granted, we talked like not we, but Drew and Sideline Hustle always talk about having a plan when you're playing in the rain. But again, like that weather always changes an aspect of a game. I don't think you can throw a whole receiving core out the window because they had slippery hands when it was downpouring rain in the middle of the night. So that's, that's, I guess would be my shovel. The shovel. We got to come up with a better name for this, but the, the shovel award winner again on the Colin Thompson show this week is Travis Kelsey. Listen, people are burying this guy. Why? Because he was like doubled and tripled coverage the whole game. He still scored a touchdown. He still made catches. Yes, he had a fumble. I get all that. But you're telling me that this guy, the all-pro, quote-unquote, best tight end of all time, is not going to respond and not do well? And he played well in that game, you can argue. He was throwing double, triple coverage at times. Like, what are we talking about here? Because this guy, what? He went on some trip to visit his girlfriend. What do you think the rest of the league is doing on the bye week? You don't think they're in South Beach or in Vegas or at F1 out till 5 in the morning? Like. Guys are going to have fun and let it loose. You're in your 20s. You're in your 30s. You're making a bunch of money. You're super successful. You're leveraging your likeness, your NIL, to, to create opportunities for you, whether it's access to certain events or travel certain places. And we're saying that, what, because he didn't have a zillion catches and help your fantasy team, then he didn't have a good game? He's not focused? The commercials and all that stuff, those commercials are shot in the offseason. They're shot in, like, May, April. He's like sitting around and he's working four days a week for four hours. So the shovel word again this week on the Colin Thompson show is to all the media members and everyone burying 
uh, Travis Kelsey. Good luck. Good luck because that guy's going to ball out when he's not getting double coverage. Everybody else in the league will too. Shout out to our friends at the Miller, Missy Miller. I was, this is where I screw up because it's a maiden name. The Miller team at Northrop Realty. Missy Miller Aldave, fantastic family that we're so fortunate to do business with. My family, our friends, everyone's working with down in this Annapolis area. This great, great, great group of people that are taking you through open houses, helping you handle, you know, different investments, what you can do to be able to afford this home. Is this a stretch? Is it too much? You know, the, the emails that come in on a weekly basis of good matches for things that you may be looking for, even if you're not looking, you should always be looking. So shout out to, again, the, all the, excuse me, the Miller team at Northrop Realty, check them out. Fan, fan, fantastic people that, because we're sitting in this house today, I've been able to get to know, and I knew before for decades, I mean, it's 2015, and we moved this area, and we looked for a house in Philly, and we looked for a place in Jersey Shore, and we looked for a place in Maryland and Florida. We all work through them because we trust them. They know the areas. They have people they trust in those areas. So, again, check them out. All right, Jack. The Business of Sports update brought to you by Wealth Advisory Services. If you don't know them, you should. WealthAdvisoryServices.com fantastic financial advising company that I've been able to work with for years. My family has, I have again, a lot to do with us currently sitting in the house. We're sitting today. So the business of sports update brought to you by wealth advisory services, quote, Auburn paid New Mexico state 1.85 million to play at Jordan hair today, the stadium in Auburn. North, excuse me, North Mexico state arrived as a 26 point underdog and just beat the tigers 31 to 10. So they paid him unquote, from uh, front office sports, $1.85 million for New Mexico State to come waltzing into town and get beat, Jack. What do you think about that, pal? I mean, that's brutal. Imagine paying someone to come whoop up on Hapro Worsham like we would do back in the day at Wood. Yeah, I mean, that's brutal. I mean, also, I guess the question is, because they, like, schedule these games out insanely far in advance. Did it say when that game was scheduled? Like, was that when, like, Auburn was pretty solid, like, at the end of, like, the 20, 2010s? Because, I mean, like, I'm seeing games now that are, like, scheduled for, like, 2034, which is just, like, insane. Like, I'm going to be in my mid-30s, and we're talking about, a like, a Penn State. I don't even know who would be at this point because they're all pretty much in the same conference. Like, Penn State-Auburn and 2035 is, like, being scheduled yeah. right now. It's going to be the Big Ten in the SEC. It's just going to be the Big Ten in the SEC. That's going to be the main thing. You're going to schedule. You're going to schedule some D1 AA games. You're going to schedule, you know, some American Conference games. But to me, though, like if I'm the American Conference, I am going all in, all in to scoop up these misfit teams and finding a way to like sell that package. Like the rest of the Pac-12, I'm getting them. Uh, you know, the, the all those teams in Texas that you know that aren't with the American aren't with like the the SEC. Like I'm going all in to get them. We'll see. The Big 12 is going to have something to say about it, too. It's interesting to see what the Big 10 does. Do they go after UNC? Does the SEC go after Florida State and Miami? They're the two big ones to me, Florida State and Miami. Like, they're, they're like, stuck down there, not in the SEC. What do you do with them? What do you do with them? It's not your talk, Jack. I know you're Mr. Football NFL guy. I know you're not a big college football fan. I don't even watch the game. I'm out there raking leaves. Penn State's playing at noon. I don't blame you. I would be too. <laughs> I'll be too. How about my flyers, Zach, as we wrap things up? Because when there's nothing to talk about, we move on. I just want to do a little brief intro, talk about a little bit of Thanksgiving, things like that. My flyers are hot, though. Hot. 
I noticed that in the NHL, everyone's turning off their dials right now, but the Flyers are hot, five wins in a row. I'm really looking forward to it. And as we wrap things up, Jack, let's talk about our sides for Thanksgiving. What are we feeling, buddy? What are your sides? Like, if you had a dream scenario, what are you up to? I mean, the most important thing to me, I just really only care making sure there's mac and cheese. A good, well-done mac and cheese. Like, I mean, obviously, the like the mashed potato, gravy, whatever, like, those are fine. I just really want to like care that there's a good mac and cheese available on Thanksgiving. I agree. And then dessert that there's a, a pumpkin pie. Those are the two my two biggest care abouts when it comes to Thanksgiving. If you had the brine turkey that I make, you would say the brine turkey too. Because way different than a normal turkey. It's not even close. You brine it. Oh my goodness. Overnight, it literally could be one of the best pieces of meat you'll ever try in your entire life, like over a good steak. Crazy enough. Crazy enough. I know it's turkey. Turkey sucks. Well, I mean, I don't consider turkey. It's like you already have it. Like turkey's like you said sides. I mean, turkey's the main thing. I, I get it. I mean, no, no, I'm. you're right. Touche. But but what I'm saying is if you brine your turkey and or you deep fry your turkey, now you're talking. But you got to get the Weber 8000 for that and that costs 200 bucks and you just can't swing that, Jack. Well, we've, we've had fried turkey. It's just such a big production. And it's just like we had a couple of years ago for a few years. It is very, very good. We just have the traditional turkey anymore. But yeah, I okay. love a good deep fried turkey. Are you staying at the house, Jack? Or are you traveling somewhere? So what we do is my mom's side, of, or not my mom, my dad's side of the family. It's we all eat. We're all pretty much based in the same Philadelphia area. Little people in Jersey. We'll all eat dinner with like our own little po- close pockets of families. And then dessert, we'll all congregate. For like the big Thanksgiving Christmas shebang. Wow, look at that. A couple pumpkin pies, maybe an apple pie, and then watch the night game, a little NFL action, and they'll, and they'll refer to you. Hey, Jack, what does Ross and Colin think about the game this weekend? You're going to say Colin has no idea what he's talking about, but Ross does. I'll try what you say. <laughs> I say both of them. I'm, I'm the most superior NFL mind of all. Correct, correct. What happened last week in fantasy? I gave you some fantasy advice. Let's break that down. I've. I mean, it was it was it's the worst feeling in fantasy football when you score the second most points in the entire league that week, only to run into the team that scores the most points that week. I, I don't care about that. Talk about the what you proposed and what I overrid everybody and how right I was. Please, yeah, I know it's hard I'm for you stall- to say I'm right. You still have not said that for some reason, but I'm stalling me- time as I'm pulling it up here. It's not as big a deal as you're making it out to be. because So I have a decision a quarterback to make. It was Josh Allen versus standard PPR league. It was Josh Allen against the Jets or Kyler Murray against the uh, Houston They shovel. The shovel award winner, Josh Allen. Hurry yes. that guy. Um, so I was debating amongst a few people and Colin of who I should start. And I was leaning Kyler Murray. Colin banged the table, said Josh Allen. So I said, fine, I'll go Josh Allen. Josh Allen did outscore the two, putting up 22 and a half. Kyler had 21 and a half. So it's again, and I lost by 20 points, 30 but points. If you tied, if, imagine if you tied with Kyler. I would have been right. I mean, listen, I put up 120 points. I had every single correct person I should have started start. And he had the Cowboys defense at 23 points. Ayuk, uh, who had a big game. Puka Nakua had a solid game. Like every single guy put up 15 or more points essentially. And all my guys did good. It's just, it's one of those. Yeah. My fantasy team has been horrible this year. Um, I drafted the right players. Obviously I did not, but I think I did. And uh, we have some good players, good team. And we just shit down our leg. I mean, I just, I've made great trades. I've done good things, but it's, we just haven't, we faced, like you said, Jack, you faced a plumber who scores a bunch. Some guys come out and lay an egg. 
I thought Dalvin Cook and Miles Sanders, I was going to be able to ride them to victory this year at the running back position. They, they had tough years. So, hey, I digress. I'll be at the bottom of the league this year. I'm not really looking forward to that punishment. But, uh, you know. Another year, Calm. Looking, I have allowed the second most points in fantasy this year, and I'm five and six. So I mean, it's, it's a shame. I, I have a really team solid be, team now. If your fantasy team was as good as your head of hair, you guys would be pew, loaded. And you're it's the same team every year. Same team every year. Whose backdrop's better now, yours or mine? You, oh, backdrop? Well, I mean, more, I don't know. You're more professional. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> the person <laughs> with, the, with the with the 4K camera and the nice little game-worn speed flex football behind him with the game-worn jersey. And who, then you got who looks like a, 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 you know, a sports thrift shop and who looks like a professional? <laughs> well, listen. Not everybody. I'm one of the few people in America who have a Labatt blue uh, charcoal grill behind them. So listen, that is uniqueness. Big. That I, listen, I completely agree. I I hope you could have kiboshed because I don't know if you physically can fit anything else behind you. I can't wait to see what you got for Christmas and you show me. But uh, no, good stuff here. I appreciate everybody tuning in. A fun little just episode. Jack and I want to get in here and chop it up a little bit. Talk a little Thanksgiving. Seriously, I can't thank everybody enough for sponsoring our show, supporting our show, our fans. Uh, our followers, just a great group of people. Um, seriously, I, 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 I'm so thankful for the support. This thing has started with just me and a little microphone. And, you know, now we have 10 shows and I do more probably of other different shows than even mine. Uh, so thank you to our team and not for long media. Thank you to our followers, our listeners, our sponsors. Truly appreciate you guys. And, um, you know, I, I wish everyone has an awesome Thanksgiving. Please Uber don't drive. And that's Jack in the back. He's thankful for a ton of things too. I am as well. And, Hope everyone has an awesome holiday season. We'll send it over to the great Mike Gill and me talking all things Philadelphia Eagles. From the Colin Thompson Show. Here we go. Uh, Eagles win last night. Not the prettiest game, but they find another way. They find a way, Colin Thompson, to win that game last night. Do you leave that game saying, man, impressed? Or do you leave that game like Jalen Hurts said after the game? We still haven't played our best ball yet. I think I leave the game in multiple ways, Mike, because sometimes you're going to say, oh, you know, that was a great game. The Eagles played great and they lost. Sometimes you're going to say the Eagles played bad and they won, right? This is the nature of the NFL. I think people need to really understand that you're going to look back when they're in the playoffs and they're beating teams and it's close games and you're super excited because they advance. You're going to look back and say, man, the same things happened in the regular season. So, there's no such thing as a bad win. I get the whole conversation about ugly wins, but a win's a win's a win, and an awesome win for the Eagles in a tough place to play in bad weather. All right, let's get some particulars here and get your thoughts on what you saw. You go back and watch that game. Sean Desai, what did you think of his game plan? Why did it work, or did it not work, and Kansas City just didn't execute all that well? They had a lot of plays to be made. Didn't make the play. So do you say Sean Desai had a really good game plan, or do you say Kansas City kind of had some plays to be made, they didn't make them? I don't think anybody ever has a great game plan on Kansas City. If you look back over the years, like teams are going to – they're going to score their points. They should have scored, I don't know, maybe two more touchdowns, a touchdown and a field goal just based off that performance last night. There was times that Sean out-schemed some of the stuff that Andy did – but at the end of the day, their kind of defense is what it is. It's a bend-don't-break thing. It's not pretty. Eagles fans may not like it. They want to blitz and see pressure and do – but that's not how they're built. So you see, you know, when the Eagles got home with pressure, Bayard swoops, swoops in and big interception. 
And then you see when they don't have pressure, they're hitting different windows and zone, but they did some things to eliminate Travis Kelsey. And I think that's why there was a football game on our hands in the fourth quarter. Cause you take him away. They don't have Hill like they used to have two years ago, and they've had some drops in that room. So I don't think Kansas City's going anywhere. I think people are burying them. They're the fun team to pick on right now. It was the Niners a couple of weeks ago. They blew out Jacksonville and beat Tampa by two scores. It was the Bills, and then the Bills blew out the Jets. The Chiefs will be just fine, and uh, I think the Eagles will be just fine too. Well, I mean, this Eagles secondary, Colin, had been questioned a lot You know, in games. Washington, they gave up big yards to Sam Howe. This team was getting picked on a lot. What did we learn about the secondary last night? It's boom or bust. You know, I think pretty straightforward. There was plays like towards the end of the game where guys were running away from them. There was plays on the goal line, right? That one touchdown where Mahomes scrambled around and 84, the Chiefs was wide open in the back of the end zone there. Was it man-to-man and Slay should be following him? Or did he pass him off to Bayard and the communication wasn't there? Then there's other times where they bait you know, uh, Mahomes throwing that pass in and then Byard swoops in and makes a great interception, his biggest play as an Eagle so far. So I think it's a little bit of everything. I, I still love watching Blankenship play. He flies around. Jones flies around. They have some good pieces. They're getting better. I don't think the personnel is what it used to be in Philly defensively, and that's okay. It's still a great defensive line, but there's some holes, and there's an, you know, it's an older defense too with some younger players in the mix. Um, you've got uh, Byard now, what? Uh, this was his third game, his fourth week here. I imagine he feels a lot more comfortable with the with the system. I would assume so by now. If you got guys like Josh Dobbs learning the offense of Minnesota in like 24 hours and playing well, I think defensive back, you're going to pick that stuff up right away too. But I don't know, that communication on the goal line, that, that's a concern to me. They'll get that figured out. Him and Slay, they're two pros. Those guys are two veterans. They'll take the blame. The side will get them right. And they'll be fine. But th- these are all little things that they're learning along the process yeah. of the season. Like the, the team has, has been through it, like all the veterans and all this stuff. Well, why do you think those veterans are valuable? Because they went through games all like this and they're winning these games. So they'll be fine. It's not panic button time. The Eagles are fine. They're nine and one. <laughs> nine and one. Hit the panic Everyone button. Calm down. Uh, Colin Thompson, the Colin Thompson show on Not For Long Media here. We're looking back at the Eagles game tape. Brian Johnson. What did you think of his game plan? I mean, he's obviously a lightning rod sometimes because last year the offense looked very fluid, explosive. Last night, not so much. A lot of people, oh, they're getting, uh, you know, they're not prepared. They're looked out coached. What do you think about Brian Johnson in the offense last night? It is unique. It's a little more rigid than it's been. I think Goddard not being around is, is going to hurt them. He has a ton of of value for them that it's not tangible with pass catching and fantasy points. He's blocking the shifting, the motion, the way teams have to match him with a safety or a linebacker. You need to bring a nickel DB in to guard him because the guy's that good. So when he's not in, that's less questions. Defensive coordinators have to ask. What's that do? Puts more pressure on Jalen. I thought protection wise, what Kansas city was doing was very interesting. And Spags, who's a Jersey shore guy, he's got a house down the shore. You see him in the summer. He's bringing a lot of simulated pressure. What's simulated pressure? It looks like they're bringing a bunch of people. They still end up rushing four guys, and they'll drop a defensive end out on the weak side to the short side boundary of the field. Play cover two behind it. What's that mean? The running backs to check down, the famous you know touchdown or check down, Tom Brady, cover two. Tom was the best because he could just dump it off to the back, and he was super disciplined. Yeah. Well, they were blitzing the running back last night, so it was keeping the running back in on protection because he's got that guy 
and then they'll drop the DN. So it ends up being the same defense. My point to it was there was time scheme-wise defensively, Spags was getting to him. And it was hurt. their line didn't at times look as clean as they usually do because of that mystery of who's coming. So Spags are doing it for a long time. They have great personnel in Kansas City, a really young defense too, which is crazy. Uh, to answer your question though, Mike, I, you know, I, it's a team sport. Players are included in this and players need to perform at a high level as well to the coaches. I hate to say in coordinators or players or whatever. So I think those will be fine offensively. They're still finding their mojo. You saw Swift on like a jet sweep. You saw Swift on right. a run. You saw some of those designer runs that we talked about before too, that I was impressed with. Well, that's almost like the cat and mouse game. It's like, okay, we're doing, they're doing this and they're kind of getting this. All right. We're going to put that in our back pocket for a little bit later on. And that's where I thought, you know, I thought Johnson had some head scratching plays, but then later on, I thought he used, he set some things up that screened to Swift, as you said. All right, you need us to keep Swift in the block. Well, we're going to run him with a little screen over the middle, which you don't see them do all that often. And I thought that was kind of like their answer to, we don't have Goddard. We'll use Swift and break him out. You get the pressure, we'll dump it over. And that big 30 yard run was a big play in the game. They did it twice last night. So it was almost like it felt like, a little bit of cat and mouse feeling everybody out here, and they put that play in their back pocket and waited for the right moment to pull it out. Yeah, I think Swift's your guy, right? You saw how dynamic he is at times, the jet sweep, the run game. And at the end of the day, it's easy to play offensive coordinator in the NFL if your quarterback can run and be mobile because you can't stop it. I don't know how you're going to stop it. You're going to have to play with a down safety and all of a sudden, there's all these opportunities in the pass game. But if once Jalen gets moving and he's completely comfortable, when I see a, a reality like we saw last night where Jason Kelsey's pulling around and they're blocking down and pin and pull, and then Jordan Mylot is pulling. They don't use the tight ends in the run game as much, so they use their offensive linemen more. And then running They went a lot field. of four wide last night, too. You don't see that too often. And that shows you, right, what they think of maybe the other tight ends receiving-wise, which is fine. Their role well, Calcaterra got hurt last night. I think that also played a factor, right? Yeah, Stoll's the, the, that guy there, though. Calcaterra is obviously you know good as well. But they don't use the tight ends in the block game unless it's Dallas Goddard, really. You know, so mm -hmm. th th it's not it's not a part of their offense. I love the spread it out mindset they have. It's not again, players want the old school down fullback. They're not built that way. So it's not don't expect them bruising running back to get you those yards. They have that bruising running back. His name's Jalen Hurts. Now, can you get him healthy and get home field advantage and get all that stuff from the playoffs and allow him to run some more? That's the question, and they're answering that question. The question is yes. Once you see him run and get mobile, it changes the entire, entire landscape. He passed Cam Newton for the most rushing touchdowns in your first four seasons of the NFL. Cam Newton was known as like a big-time rusher. That's a big. That's a big. Well, stat. I thought I thought the touchdown run that he had was vintage of him from the last year, taking off ten yard touchdown. He had a couple first down. They had the quarterback sweep earlier that, that he picked up a first down on. You saw more elements of it, but still not the same. I mean, you, you can't don't look do at it. The numbers, right? You he don't look hurt. at the numbers last night and say, "Well, this guy is the MVP of the league," but in reality, he's still the MVP favorite. Yeah, he should, him and Stroud, right? Stroud and Houston. It's all going to be who? It's all going to be the splash player. It's going to be the guy who splashes the last month of the season. Who's going to splash? Are the Eagles? But they're going to have home field advantage, probably tied up. We'll see. You know, obviously they got a hell of a stretch coming up here. Niners, Seattle, Buffalo. Going to be a great game. So a lot of fun stuff. The Eagles schedule. Yeah. yeah. Well, we talked about this uh, this morning. Uh, Colin Thompson from the Colin Thompson Show, NFL tight end on Not for Long Media, is where you can find uh, his. Uh, quality content 
you know, we've got um, this stretch of games. And I said, it's one thing to find a way to win, to beat Minnesota. No offense to your buddies in Minnesota. It's one way to find a way to win and beat Washington or Tampa Bay. Those teams are probably fringe playoff teams at best, maybe the seventh seed uh, or just on the outside looking in. You can find a way, not play your best and beat them. Fine. But if you're not playing your best and you're still finding ways to get through this stretch of games, I think that tells you what you will have to do in the playoffs. You have to beat three quality playoffs, especially if you're if you win the division. If not, you have to win four. But you have to win three games against quality opponents. And can this style that they have hold up in the playoffs? Yes. It absolutely will because of who their quarterback is. At the end of the day, if you have someone like that guy who constantly is improving, what I'm seeing, Mike, is him a little anxious in the pocket. If he can't figure out where the pressure is coming from, he gets a little cold feet and he's gone. And he's not gone. He's not, he's not really a breakaway runner either. Like he moves really well, but he's not like a jet. Right, so at the end of the day, I, I just see him at the half feet a little bit, calming those feet down a little bit. P. I see a lot of what he struggled with with Kansas City. Teams are going to run the same stuff. It's a copycat league, so Sean McDermott's watching the tape. Expect some of the same things that they had. You know, they have great personnel in Buffalo. They had some injuries this year. It's going to be a great game in Philly. Another that will be a close game. I think Buffalo is better than people think. Niners were the punching bag. Then it was Buffalo. Now it's going to be Kansas City, and all three of those teams are really good teams. All right, uh, big picture, you're a guy who has played in this league. When you guys sit around preparing for the Eagles, um, what does 9-1 say about this team? If you're the opponent this week, when you guys are getting ready for the Eagles, what are you guys talking about? Man, that team's 9-1. and What's the locker room chatter about Philadelphia when you're that week getting ready to play for them? That's a great question, Mike. The answer, and it's right across the board, is we all expected it. We all expected it. Every player is going to sit in the locker room and say, that's not a surprise. Veteran leadership, quarterback, head coach, GM, owner. The franchise has had tons of success. Philly struggles with shiny toys. They really don't <laughs> like shiny toys. I bet you they were the Houston Texans right now. I bet they Philly was like five and five and like grinding. That's what Philly wants. But guess what? You're nine and one. You have one of the best players in the NFL playing quarterback, playing center, playing right tackle playing rookie defensive tackle. You got the two best tandem receivers in the league. You name it. You got a great kicker, great home field advantage. That's what a lot of players are saying. Like, we got to strap it up because they're built to be physical. They're built to beat you multiple different ways. That's what scares me, Mike. I know we may get into the playoff picture. We may not. But when you face teams in the playoffs, how many ways can they beat us? It can beat you any way. Screen game. I know the bubble screen thing. That's all part of the game plan moving forward. Screens. Pass downfield, short running game. If it's third and short, what are they doing? Fourth and short, you what are they doing? We know that answer. They can beat you anyway. And then defensively, yeah. defensive line can wreak havoc. I mean, well, it was weird game. last night because they, you know, they and everybody remember, you know, they ran bubble screen to the one side. Well, on second down, they ran it to the other side. It was like these guys don't bubble screen to their wide receivers all that often. You see it to Goddard every now and then, but it was almost like they were trying to compensate for not having Goddard by trying to do some things that they don't normally do. Yeah, I think you could see some teams a lot. Of, it's a copycat league, right? So maybe Kansas City had success of doing the same thing against another team or another team had success doing it to Kansas City. So you may say, okay, we're going to run this. But it's all an RPO, right? The look was a loaded box, was a safety down, and they flipped it out to them. 
So it, it, it's a play that they'll be applauded for. And maybe the coaches say, hey, you know what? That's on us. And that's part of this league is like you, you're figuring things out, especially when you're nine and one. You can give things a try because you're yep. nine and one. And, well, that's, and that's, you know, that's what I was like talking about before you came on. It's like, you know, we always I, I find that fans love to be critical of the coaches and, you know, they get out coached because as a fan, we all think <laughs> I talked about this earlier. Fans think that they could coach, that they could go into an NFL and call plays. They could be the GM of the team. So those are easy people to target. So when I, I you know, last night I'm watching the game, and I, I had multiple text conversations going on, and everybody's saying we're getting out coach, we look unprepared. And I'm like, am I watching this game the same way you guys are? I'm looking at like, all right, they're doing this. It doesn't seem to be working. The problem is fans want to have success on every play. Yeah. I don't say that coaches throw plays out, but there's a lot of setting things up, I would imagine, if you're a play caller. Hey, this play might not work here or here, but I'm going to do it so that later on I can do something else and they think I'm doing the same thing that didn't work earlier. Yeah, so they're that bubble screen next week that they ran multiple times and obviously Philly wants it to work, so they're going to make it work. They're going to run a stalk and go. Those receivers are going to go out there, act like they're blocking for the bubble screen, and they're going to run seam balls, and they'll be wide open. And it'll yep. be like, oh, Jalen Hurts can throw the deep ball. It's like, well, why? They set it up with the same formation, the same look, because the linebackers watching the film from the week before saying, hey, this is bubble screen. This is bubble screen. No, it's not. A lot of And a lot of it, too, Colin, you hinted at, like, the coach is an easy target when they call a play, but it's more execution. I thought the offensive line was a big factor in why they couldn't execute we don't know the result of the play when the line broke down now you could say well they didn't have the right blocking package in goddard not there the other tight ends aren't aren't recognizing what they're supposed to do maybe that factors in but that doesn't necessarily meant that they were in a bad play call yeah the offensive line at times i thought look because of the pressures they were keeping the running backs in communication stuff i saw lane johnson short set on the one and kind of throw Jones like right into Hertz. Like there was miscommunication there. So there was some sloppiness. I think the Eagles would say that. I'm not sure. saying anything that astronomical, oh, right? Like definitely look, they said it after the game. Jalen Hurts, hey, defense bailed us out. Lane Johnson mentioned it as well. I think they recognized the offense did not play well last night. And Jason Kelsey hinted on it in one of his social media clips, probably on his show or whatever it was. He was like, oh, they do some things defensively now. Yeah. Well what's that mean? Pressure, who's coming who and props to Kansas City, and the Phillies going to have to do this too. They draft really well, and uh, they drafted some really good young players that replace all these older veterans. Colin Thompson from the Colin Thompson Show. You can check that out on Not For Long Media. Check out all their social media platforms, their YouTube channel, and more. As Colin, NFL tight end, joins us to break down the Eagles game tape. A win, 9-1. and one. They beat the Chiefs. They're on to Buffalo. Actually, Buffalo's coming here. And, of course, you can hear that game on 97.3 ESPN. All right, happy Thanksgiving to you, buddy. Same to you, brother. Enjoy 99 Bottles. I uh, will do so. We will be there tomorrow for 99 Bottles. Today, we are at the Anchor. Excuse me, at the Anchor.